This is the Marriage Bites Podcast, Episode 74, Truth and Love. Before we dive in, I just want to warn you, we are talking about things of a sensitive nature in this episode, so if you have little ears around, you may want to put in some earbuds or wait until your little ones aren't around. Will you start? Oh. Oh. What do I say? We've done this literally 73 times. (laughs) Well, I would be, if I was a movie star, I'd be one of those guys who would be like, I'd be on take 150. I couldn't get it right. Okay, good point. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to our podcast today, everybody. Glad you're joining us for those that are. And we have a great topic today to talk about. But first, let's catch you up on our life, shall we? Real quick. Yeah, real quick. What are you doing right now in your life? I'm sitting here recording a podcast episode. Uh, I just completed the Marriage Shift Summit last week with the marriage support group on Facebook, which was actually a really cool experience. Let me know if you want more information about that because it's still out there in the interwebs if you want to see some of those talks. They were excellent. The ones that I saw, I didn't see all of them, and I will go back and listen to all of them because they were all just really, really good. So let me know if you want to hear more about that. I actually listened to some of it as well, and it was really good. So for be good for me, you know it's got to be pretty great. I get bored and I see squirrels and I go. That's true. You don't really have the attention span for stuff like that like I do. I don't. (laughs) Yeah. Our second oldest moved out recently. That's been an adjustment for our family. It changes the whole family dynamic a little bit when somebody moves out. He's out learning and growing and growing and learning. So that's that was a little bit unexpected. Um, but that's where we're at. What are you up to? Well. I'm sitting here recording a podcast with you as well, uh, and I have been dealing with extreme boredom while my day's off. I can't... Because it's mucky and muddy outside, it's too cold to do anything, and I have no more money to spend on things that I like to do in the garage. I see. Don't complain to me about being bored, though, because I will put you to work. I am so busy. I am crazy busy. I got things going on. In fact, we got to hurry up with this podcast because I got stuff to do. Right. So let's get to it. Let's do it. Today we're talking about the relationship between truth and love. I would like to submit that if you have truth without love, it's not truth. And if you have love without truth, it's not actually love. What do you think? That sounds really confusing. Maybe we should talk more about it and get into the weeds. Okay. Let's talk about it. Let's first talk about truth without love. I think parenting is a really good place to look at where do you say things that are true, but they are said without love. So for example, if it's, you know, two o'clock on Saturday afternoon and in our house, we do our cleaning jobs Saturday sort of morning. (laughs) We plan Saturday morning. Sometimes it takes all day. For that. And so if it's like getting to be into the afternoon and I come to my kids and I say, hey, you haven't done your cleaning jobs yet. You got to go get those done. Come on, guys. What's going on? What are you doing? That is technically true. They haven't done their cleaning yet. I mean, it might be partially true. Maybe they've done part of it, but haven't finished. Um, But from my point of view, that looks like the truth. But there's also a lot of judgment mixed in with it, which taints the truth. Because I'm not saying it with love. It's me saying, I'm willing to look at what your part is in this, but I'm not willing to really address my part in it too. When you have judgment, that's what you're doing. I guess we could go into the definition of what truth is. Truth 
Like I can love you and tell you a partial truth. Is that a full truth? No. And so some people would say by their definition, that's not being truthful. But other people say, well, it was true to a point. So I think it's a lot more complex than the simplistic statement right at the beginning. I don't think it has to be more complex than that. I think it can be. I think it is. But I think, like I said earlier, is that your negative emotions or negative energy that you're putting off when you're saying a that you feel like is a truth, the way it is received will be sullied, I think. Well, and the way it's given is sullied as well. It, it, yeah, Not... the giving and the receiving can can be messed with. I think it's mm-hmm. harder to interpret when those emotions are high. I know like when we've had uh, discussions or fights or arguments, um, I mean, where the swords are coming out and we're starting to clank steel, we are no longer really communicating. We're just angry. Mm-hmm. But we've then come back and talked about the exact same thing that we were talking about when we were clanking swords. And we were able to communicate and get through whatever it was and to understand and be understood. Mm-hmm. Well, un- Because we yeah. had love and truth on our side at that time. When the first time we didn't because we were too soaked in our own judgment of each other, mm-hmm. which is not truth nor is it love. Mm-hmm. If you are trying to tell a truth and you're angry or resentment, you don't have that mm-hmm. warm regard as you call it. Mm-hmm. You may still love the person. I can think of lots of times when we were in an argument and I, I felt like I was saying something that was true or true to me or, and my emotions were high, but I still loved you. But at the moment, I was angry with you. Mm, okay. So can you speak the full pure truth when you're angry with somebody? When... I think, well, I think you can, but the more of what I'm hearing is that when you have those strong emotions, especially negative ones, your negative energy is muddying the water about what you're trying to say. Wait, can you be angry and have warm regard for the other person at the same time? Well, we're told Jesus has that. I think you can. I think you can feel more than one emotion at once. Uh, I think so. I think that's pretty complex for a lot of people. I think when you have the negative energy, I think it does muddy the waters, though, about Mm -hmm. what you're putting off. There's plenty of times somebody can say a truth and still be angry. Um, I think it can sully things a bit. I don't think, at least for that one, I don't think it's 100% because I think you can. Maybe not always, but you're not going to have that, as you call it, warm regard, perhaps, at that moment. (sighs) Boy, that's tough. So judgment, when it comes in, it taints the truth. Because of that negative energy? Yeah. I mean, if, by your example, you did say a truth, mm-hmm. at least the truth that you saw. Right. So how is that? I mean, obviously, yeah, you're, you're saying a truth, but the whole premise is, is that you can't have truth without love. Mm-hmm. But you are, you are seeing a truth. Mm-hmm. So I, I know I'm challenging this just a little right. bit. So the partial truth is that certain tasks have not been completed. If you were going to just take it all the way down to the most neutral thing, bathroom has not been attended to. I don't know. Super neutral. So let me just bring this even a little bit more specific. Last Saturday, I was gone from about 8 in the morning till about 3.30 in the afternoon. And while I was gone, I was hoping that the kids would do their jobs on their own without me having to be there to make them do it. (laughs) That was probably deficiency on my part, actually expecting them to like, hey guys, let's just do other stuff on our own. When I got home, I expressed my displeasure with the oldest kid who was there about having not done the things that he was supposed to do. Well, okay, and so that was true that he hadn't done whatever his jobs were. But then he said, well, I was taking care of Luke all day and I was cooking lunch and stuff. So like, I couldn't have done it. I was busy. Like I was doing things, 
And here's another detail. When I got home, they were watching TV, having not finished their house cleaning. And so I was seeing the side of it that I was seeing, which was technically true, but it wasn't the whole truth. And then I added my judgment in with that of like, well, you should have been able to get this done. But maybe it wasn't true that they should have been able to get it done because they were cooking food and they were watching the youngest. Maybe they could have gotten some of it done. Maybe not. But this is when you go to extremes. When I'm looking at one extreme and he's looking at a completely different extreme. Like, And I think what he said may have been somewhat of an excuse. Like, well, I was babysitting. And I was like, well, you could have watched him and done your jobs at the same time. He's not that hard to watch. He's not like at that age where you just where he gets into everything all the time and stuff. So the point of this is to say that my approach to him was not the full truth because I wasn't speaking to him in love. I wasn't having compassion and understanding and really thinking about what his point of view might have been, how he might have thought about it differently. And so when I was able to kind of come back a little bit and say, okay, what's actually going on here? Was it right for me to expect them to have done all their jobs without me here to encourage it? Maybe that was a little bit of a unrealistic expectation. And then the same kid said, well, my friends might want to go do something tonight. Can I go with them? And I said, well, yeah, you can if you get your cleaning jobs done first. And there's plenty of time to get it done between now and then. And this was a much more loving way. It was like, yeah, you can. And it's possible for you to do this, where it may not have been very reasonable to expect them to do it when I wasn't here to oversee. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think as you're talking about that, you're talking about a parent-child relationship. Mm-hmm. But what if it's a spouse relationship? And I can think about, uh, I guess from our life together, is there's been times when I came to you with the truth and I was angry. Mm-hmm. Or you came to me with the truth and you were angry. Yeah. And you can't communicate that truth, really. All you all you end up doing is communicating that negative energy, which just causes anger, resentment, and those things. And there's been times when we, we wanted to talk about something, or you wanted to talk about something, and we got into a fight uh, for whatever reason, as there was no love in that, in that conversation, mm-hmm. and it ended just in a fight. Right. But yet we could come back a few days later and reapproach that same topic, with now love, and then that truth was able to be expressed mm-hmm. and and then received as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, because at that point, we were in our wise adult selves enough to see both truths, both the truth in our own perspective and the truth in the other's perspective, so that we could see the whole thing rather than only looking at our own side, which is a partial truth, which is actually not true. It's only a half truth. So having love, and when I say love, I also think of the words warm regard. So we're not talking about like romantic love type of feelings. We're just talking about like, I care about you. So when I approach my kids and ask them to do things in a way that speaks, I care about you, that's true. If I'm speaking it in a way that says, I don't care about you, that's actually not true. So truth needs love in order to be full truth. You said something about, well, what about when it's a like equal partners, when it's about a marriage relationship? Normally in marriages, we don't assign each other tasks to do, right? But we make agreements. And if one spouse doesn't keep their agreement, you know, we agreed that I would do the vacuuming and you would take the garbage out and you didn't take the garbage out. Just for example, let's just say. Um, 
if it is true that the garbage didn't get taken out, I can say, hey, you know, what's going on with that? Were you planning on doing it? Where are you at? Where I'm being open to see your side of it versus like, hey, you didn't take the garbage out and I vacuumed. I did my side. You didn't do yours. You're stupid. Like it sends the message that you're wrong. You did something wrong when maybe you did do something wrong or maybe you didn't. But it is, like I said, a partial truth and it's not said in love. So truth without love isn't the full truth. So now let's look at the other side. If you have love without truth, is it actually love? When you are speaking kindly, but not being honest, you're saying, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, okay, we can do it your way. And you're trying to be kind. You're trying to show love without being honest. It's not really love because you're creating the environment for resentment to build. Yes. So truth and love are practically the same thing. Like you have to have one in order to have the other. So love without truth. We talked about those instances where one of us wants to have sex mm-hmm. and the other one doesn't. But the in this example, let's say I want to have sex and you don't. Mm-hmm. But you go along with it. Mm-hmm. By you not telling me what you truly desire, you're being untruthful with me. Is right. that really showing love to me? Right. I would venture to say that no, it is not. And that instead, being truthful about that is far greater. Because let's say we do. we you, I want sex, you don't, but we do anyway. And then afterward, I find out. This has happened to us before. Mm-hmm. I, fe- I felt betrayed. Mm-hmm. And I think that chips away at trust because you weren't truthful with me. Mm, yeah. But if you, and you didn't, be, you didn't want to say anything because you were worried about what I would think. Or you're worried about, well, this is what I'm supposed to do as a good wife. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't help anything. To show true love to your spouse, you have to be honest with them about everything. Yeah. Because then you guys can work through that problem, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to have sex, that now opens up for us to talk about it. To see what you're really thinking about. Yeah. And why you don't want to. And why I do. And we can come to some sort of agreement to do or to not do, but at least we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I know for myself, we've actually talked a lot about opening up and talking about things that are difficult to talk about in our mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. And we have been really practicing that lately. And it has really increased the intimacy in our marriage. And when I say intimacy, I'm not saying sex. I'm saying like knowing each other at a far deeper level. And it it really, for me, and I think for you too, is it really brings us closer together. Mm-hmm. And it is fantastic. It is scary as can be because you now have to expose to your spouse who you really are. And that's scary, but yeah. it really brings you closer together. Uh-huh. I really like the word open-hearted. We talk about being intimate, but I really like the term open-hearted. Like it allows us to be more open-hearted. And at first it was really scary because I knew that my truth was one that you aren't going to like. So I had to face my fears of what's going to happen if I say something and he doesn't like it. That's a risk. It's risking the relationship itself. But in order to truly be in a healthy relationship, you have to be willing to risk the relationship in order to be true to yourself. That's so true. I I remember with us, you wouldn't want to tell me various things Mm -hmm. because you're worried how I would take it or that it would harm me or hurt my feelings. And I would always tell you, I would rather know the truth than have you withhold things from me. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that. And as you started to tell me things that I didn't like, like you'd say, well, I want to say something, but I know you're going to really hate it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so I'm not going to say it. I'm not, so I'd start pestering you. You right. need to tell me what you're thinking. Well, you can't I... just leave me high and dry now. And eventually you would tell me and you were so worried about what you were going to say that it was going to be destructive or that I wouldn't take it well. And then I would take it just fine. It wasn't such a big deal. And that's what's scary about intimacy is you're not quite sure how the other person's going to take it, especially mm-hmm. if they haven't taken it well. Look back to our early marriage. We didn't know how to be married. We didn't. And, and we, we didn't always take what the other person was giving very well. And that caused us to wall off and to... Shut down. Shut and down and stuff. Withhold and all of that. Right. But we, so it took a lot of work to get away from that. Mm-hmm. And so to really be loving of your spouse, you need to be truthful with them. Mm-hmm. And now that we have established safety, like now that we have practiced enough times that I know that if I say something that's kind of hard to say, he's not going to react. He's not going to threaten divorce or get really angry or something. Now it's so much easier. Now I can just say, are you ready to hear this? And then you're just, most of the time you're like, yeah, we got this. And we just talk about things and we don't have to like do all those, well, let's set up a time next Tuesday and let's worry about it from now until then. And like, yeah, because we've- Create an agenda. Because we- <laughs> Let's have refreshments Let's have a business meeting. Um, right. I'll take minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we don't have to go through all of that, which we did at one point, And that's just part of the process. So- even even the process of me saying, well, I want to say something, but you're not going to like it, so I'm not going to say it. Like, that seems a little bit dysfunctional, and maybe it is, but it was a step that I needed in order to gauge the safety level of the relationship. And as our relationship has grown and grown in safety, now we just tell each other stuff. We just tell each other what's on our mind. And when it comes to sex, for example, I can say, I don't really want to right now. I can see that maybe there's potential if we... If I get it warmed up enough, you know, but like right now I don't really want to. And I know that that's not going to hurt your feelings in a way that you're going to just like roll over and then I'll feel rejected because we have built up the amount of safety that we need in order to be open hearted with each other. And it was through telling our truth with love and loving each other truthfully. Even if you know what you're going to say needs to be said, but it might hurt the other person's feelings, you have to have the courage to say that. And if you're able to really say it with love, it really does soften the blow. It really does say, like, I care about you, but I have to say this because otherwise we're going to continue this cycle of resentment and rejection and hard feelings and not communicating very well. And I know that this thing needs to be addressed in order for us to get past all of that to the point where we can be safe with each other and open with each other. So you have to say the truth in order to get to a place of more open-hearted love. That's the concept. I think if you didn't understand what we're talking about, listen to it again, but listen harder. And that should fix it, right? Right. Yeah. Or you can book a call and I will explain it to you. You can show me your situation. We can work through it and I can show you what's going on in your individual circumstance and kind of help you work through it individually because it's what I do. I just love having those kinds of conversations with people because I know that sometimes we talk about things on the podcast that are sort of theoretical and sometimes it's hard to say, well, how does that apply to my marriage? How does that apply to the situation that I'm dealing with right now? But, you know, if you are interested in taking a concept that we talk about here and actually applying it to what's going on in your relationship, I love to be able to do that with people. So just let me know. There's a link in the show notes where you can find how to contact me or just send me an email. It doesn't have to be a live call. We can also work through some of this stuff in writing if you're more comfortable with that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye. 
that's a wrap for this episode of the Marriage Bites Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. Do you feel like the fun and adventure you used to have has been crowded out by work, kids, and just life in general? I have put together 24 super fun date night ideas that will have you laughing and connecting in 20 minutes or less. So head over to andalynprice.com to get a whole bunch of easy and free date ideas. You'll be amazed at how a little bit of play can have you laughing and connecting in no time. Babysitter not required. Else. Uh, well, you're supposed to ask what I've been up to. What have you been up That's to? That's what that hand gesture was. Oh. I was trying to. Okay. And then you kept talking. Let's see here. I got to look at my notes here. I gotta my notes. <laughs> we talked about this. You were just a scribe. That's true. I don't know if you can read my handwriting, though. Why don't you tell the example about this one? Is it because I like this thing a lot? Is that.